If you or someone you love struggles with a gambling addiction, please call 1-800-GAMBLER today and please gamble responsibly. Welcome into another episode of Sports Betting by Dummies. I'm your host, Patty Parlays, and joining me as always, the voice of God, the Green Goblin himself, Diz. Diz, how's your weekend, buddy? It was a good weekend. Um, believe it or not, my uh, dumbest dummy picks did not hit, surprisingly, but believe it actually, or not. actually uh, came out on top for the weekend, um, hit a nice NFL tease. Um, and uh, hammered on some Australian Open, which I'm pretty juiced about these final rounds. Nice. Love it. And sort of, kind of, joining us for the first time, we have our guy Tyler. He is here with me. He will be uh, possibly taking over as the host of the show as I kind of take more of a uh, back seat, if you will. But he is here along for the ride, and he's going to be... Uh, helping us out a bit. So uh, Tyler's going to show his face on the camera. There he is. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. So uh, you will be seeing more of him hopefully soon. And so uh, welcome, Tyler, to to the show. We appreciate it. Good to be here. <laughs> All right, Diz. Uh, let's get into the topics today. I mean, we have to talk about the football games this weekend. Uh, was this weekend not like the greatest weekend of watching football of all time? Honestly, it was it was fantastic. I mean, every game came down to the wire. The dogs, uh, for the most part, came out on top, which I absolutely loved. Um, I will say, though, a lot of these games weren't great until the end, and then Correct. the finish was immaculate. So it was it was a great weekend for, you know, like kind of paying attention, kind of like yes. – doing something on the side and then like fourth quarter starts. All right, put your fours up. Let's dial in. It it was honestly kind of like the Patty special. I mean, uh, you know, not really paying attention, watching the full game, going, doing errands, doing various things. And then, you know, when the game started to matter, you just watch and you see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved it. And I honestly, I know it's recency bias, but I think that game last night, Chiefs and Bills might've been uh, the one of the best, football games I've ever watched. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've heard a lot of takes like it was the best playoff game ever, which I don't know if you can say that because it was just the divisional round, but those are by far the two best teams in the AFC. So yeah. for me, I think it might as well have been the damn AFC championship. Um, insane finish. Patty, I have to ask you, hindsight is twenty twenty, but uh, in the Chiefs-Bills game, would you, have, uh, would you have kicked it short and made the Chiefs return it and take off some time? Absolutely. What and what? I mean, and you have to, and maybe they didn't know this or anything like that, but if you see someone other than Tyreek Hill back there, you absolutely kick it short. Nine, probably more than nine times out of 10, they're not getting past the 30 yard line, and that's taking three or four seconds off the clock. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my only concern, my only concern was that. You know, they. It, I think it would have been Tyreek Hill, and well, he wasn't I, back I, there. He wasn't. No. He was on the return team, so maybe it was. He, he was, was not. Like a, he was not in that kickoff. He was not there. He was not on the field. No. 
Are you certain of that? 100%. Watch the tape. Watch the tape. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's a hindsight call in my well, opinion. Yeah. I was okay with them kicking it deep. I think what's more absurd is, is the prevent defense they ran. I mean, with all three timeouts, it seemed like their defense was covering the sideline, but the Chiefs had all three timeouts. So, you know, I'm okay with the prevent defense, but if you see that last Kelsey play, like they just left the middle of the field wide open. Like no one was on him. They were rushing four guys. I mean, like he has to throw the ball quick, only rush three guys and then put another guy out in coverage. I was pretty shook by that defensive call, but nonetheless, an incredible finish. So um, a couple things. First off, um, do, do you need to get rid of the prevent, prevent defense? I have never seen a situation where the prevent defense has been helpful. I'm okay with you having two safeties or maybe even a third person staying like back and staying deep so you don't get beat deep. Mm -hmm. But people just tear apart the prevent defense. And yeah, you may not be giving up the touchdown, but you're giving up 30, 40 yard chunk plays. And I mean, we even saw that in the uh, Buccaneers Rams game, I think. So, um, I think I think they need to get rid of the prevent defense. I don't think I think you're right, but I think to an extreme like you shouldn't just get rid of it entirely. I think yeah. you should you should just be smarter about it. Like in that situation, obviously let's try to prevent a touchdown, but like you can run a cover two and like prevent like a deep ball, right? Yeah. I think in that situation the prevent defense wasn't necessary. Um, so I think yes and no. I think you're right to an extent, but you can't just – there's a time and a place for a prevent defense. Um, that time I think it was just a little loose. I think they could have tightened it up a little bit, made it a little bit harder for Patrick Mahomes. Now I know this is easier said than done, and I realize too that uh, this is going to be sound foolish and everything, but I almost think of it like as in uh, whenever you're playing Madden, right? In Madden, the only time you go to a prevent defense is on the last play of the game when they're throwing a Hail Mary, right? Mm -hmm. That's when I think it's okay if you're doing pre prevent defense. Not, you know, the entire two-minute warning or whatever. <coughs> Ooh, bless me. I had to sneeze. Bless you. I Took it out of my it. mouth. Yeah. Uh-oh, got another one. <laughs> All right. And then... Diz, I, I don't recall. I'm trying to think, but on the on the Rams Buccaneers, the the big play to Cooper Cup. Yep, that was heinous too. That I, that was going to be my next point. Is that was worse than the Bills defense? One hundred percent. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the clock stopped before they did that play? Um, I don't remember why. I think it was, and my point being. If you are the Buccaneers, why are you not calling timeout right there to set up a defense and make sure everyone's on the same page? If if the play was – well, they were out of timeouts. The Buccaneers weren't. Oh, you're right, you're right. I see what you're saying from, from a defensive perspective. Yes, because that play right there, I mean, you have to be aware. You have to see your defense maybe doesn't know what they're doing. There's some confusion going on. Call timeout, get the defense set up. 
Yeah, if the clock was stopped 100%. Do you know the clock was stopped? I, don't. I didn't think it was. I thought maybe oh, the play before that was Cooper when Cooper Cup, Cup caught it for like 10, 20 yards and then ran out of bounds. Yeah, I, I do remember him getting out of bounds. Yeah, you would think you would think maybe uh, set up a defensive play there. But even still, I mean, you can't have one safety back there and then a simple cup move and your season's over. Well, He's the best receiver in the game. Did you – I think some more news and stuff came out about that uh, specific play. And did you hear what happened? I did not. So it was basically supposed to be a cover zero blitz, an all-out blitz. And on SportsCenter this morning, they circled this linebacker that literally was just like in no man's land, just sitting like in the middle of, like of the of the secondary, where if he would have blitzed, then Matthew Stafford probably didn't have time to make that throw. And he was supposed to yeah. be blitzing, but he didn't realize it. And so they didn't blitz as many people as they needed to. They were able to protect Matthew Stafford long enough for Cooper Cup to get open and burn the one guy he had to beat. So, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, there, was some, there was some questionable coaching calls, to say the least, um, in, in these divisional games. And it ended up costing those teams pretty bad. Yeah, definitely. I I was pretty shocked by both of those, but I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know, heat of the moment, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I think a couple of your live bets uh, didn't go as planned, but... Uh, Dude, I thought was... I thought the Bucks had it. I, I literally... Uh... Well, what I wanted to comment on this was, and I would have been super annoyed if the Bucks won because the Rams were just kicking themselves in the foot. Yes, Brady didn't even look that great. He had one great deep ball to Mike Evans, but other than that, like he was missing guys, he was making bad decisions. Yep. Rams fumbled a couple times. Uh, was it Brady threw a pick or or he got strip sacked? He got strip sacked, and then the very next play, the snap goes thirty yards behind Stafford, <laughs> and the Bucks get the ball back. It was like you couldn't draw it up any better for Tom Brady, and I was pretty happy that the Rams won, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly not disappointed that Tom Brady's out of the playoffs and we won't have him in another Super Bowl. So, uh, now here's my next question for you, Diz. Uh, who who do you have winning the Super Bowl at this point? We're down to four teams. I have some stakes in multiple teams, obviously, to win the Super Bowl. But I'm just I'm curious what how do you it's how do you see it going from here on out? I think you have to think the Chiefs are going to win after what you saw last night. But um, at the same time, I, I, I really like, I really like the Niners to shock the world. And just because of how bad that Rams team looked in that second half, um, granted, Jimmy G is not who you want to be your starting quarterback in the NFC championship. I think the Niners might shock some people. And um, I'm really looking forward to that one. If I had to pick right now, I think it's a, Chiefs Niners Super Bowl um, rematch from a couple of years ago, and uh, I like the Chiefs to come out on top. Okay, so current current Super Bowl odds: Diz Kansas City Chiefs, the obvious favorites at plus one twenty five. Um, then the Rams come in at plus two ten, which seems a little high. Um, and then you have the Forty Niners at plus four fifty, and the Bengals at plus eight hundred. Are you are you surprised that the Rams are the second odds on favorite? to win the Super Bowl? I am not. Why? What What are you thinking there? Well, the 49ers just went into Green Bay and beat the Packers. Um, 
Yeah, right? but it was it was kind of ugly though. I mean, the block punt saved them. They didn't score a touchdown offensively, um, and and the Rams struggled towards the end. But I think overall, um, I can definitely see why they're the second favorite. I, I mean, like... they're favored. They're against. They're favorited against the Niners, and whoever's favorited is one and two, right? One and two. What are you talking about? I mean, like the Chiefs are favored against the Bengals, and the Rams oh. are favorited against the yes. Niners. So yeah, those yeah, two yeah. teams should be first and second. That's now. correct. And also, it's interesting because the Rams have a home game for the AFC Championship or the NFC Championship, and then the uh-huh. Super Bowl is also played in their stadium. So they actually potentially have two home games to finish their season. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're favorites is because they're at home, and so you give three points to the home team, and so the Rams are there. But I just, I just feel like the, the 49ers played a better Packers team, and they ended up beating the better Packers team, so I don't see how the, the, the 49ers aren't more favorited, if you will. But um, so So I have a big – bet we talked about it on the show i had that promo at the beginning of the season where i have the chiefs to win the super bowl so i have big money invested on the chiefs to win the super bowl and then i get like 37 bucks if the 49ers win the super bowl at this point so how would you go about possibly uh hedging my bets going going forward so say that one more time you you have chiefs from the beginning promotion if they win how much do you get 300 bucks and What's the last part you added? And then if the 49ers win, I currently get 37 bucks. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the two teams obviously left out are the Rams, Bengals. Um, I don't even know if you would – for the Bengals, it's easy, right? The Bengals have the worst odds to win the Super Bowl. They're at plus 800. I can throw a few dollars down on the Bengals and still be in an okay spot. Yeah. Um, the Rams is where it gets tricky, right? Right, but even if the Ram, even with the Rams at plus two ten to win the Super Bowl, I think there's a pretty easy way where I can bet on both of those two teams this week, because that these will be the best odds you'll get. If either one of those teams makes it to the championship, then the odds on that game won't be as good as that. Um, so I I think if I do it correctly, I could probably guarantee like twenty dollars or so in profit. Yeah, I think so. I think you just need to find a way, kind of mess with it a little bit. Mess around um, with the numbers a bit. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely guarantee a profit and just hope that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Yeah, dude, I was freaking out last night. I was texting you, Diz, during the ending of that Bills-Chiefs game. I'm like, dude, I, I, sh- I need to live bet the Bills. I need to go with the Bills. I have so much on the Chiefs. I can't just walk away with nothing at this point. And you're like, no, no, it's fine. And then we're like, oh, my God, I just lost it. Oh, my God, it's back. Oh, my God, I lost it again. It, it was an emotional roller coaster for that last two minutes. Absolutely. I think it was, what, 25 points scored in the last two minutes? Yes. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Craziness. Anything else you want to talk about, Diz, with the NFL before we move on to your uh, your sport of choice, tennis? Um, I don't know. I think we covered most of it. Oh, uh, do you think overtime rules should be changed? Yes, and there's a lot of uh, – I understand that you have to expect that your defense, especially in the playoffs, should be able to stop a team for 13 seconds and or just stop a team from scoring a touchdown. But 
we kind of got robbed of a fantastic overtime and a fantastic game. I, I don't necessarily think that you should, um, I guess, I don't think it should be like college. I don't think that's the right answer. But I almost feel like it should be if no matter what, the, t the team that loses the coin toss should have an opportunity to match. If they match it, great. Then you go into, you know, the, the current overtime rules. So the team that gets the ball back for the third time, if they score a touchdown, they win. If they get a field goal, then the other team gets a chance to tie. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So a couple things I wanted to add was I think I like it for the most part. The only time I don't like it is in a situation like last night where both defenses are absolutely gassed. Yeah. Like most times, I think, when it goes into overtime, you know, it kind of stalls out towards the end or, mm -hmm. like, there's some, there's some like, field goals or, or I don't know, like, time for the defense to catch their breath. But that was, like, literally defenses sprinting up and down the field for the last two minutes, right. and then you got to go stop them. So I, I guess there's not really a solution to that. I heard a really fun take on the Bill Simmons podcast. There's this guy, I can't remember his name, but he thinks that whoever has the ball second mm -hmm. should have a chance to tie it up with the touchdown in the amount of plays it took the first team to score. So like it took the Chiefs six plays to score that touchdown in overtime. Mm -hmm. So you give the Bills the ball back to score in six plays or less. And if it's if it if they score in exactly six plays, then the game continues. If they score in less than six plays, the Bills win. And if they don't score in six plays, the Chiefs would win, which I thought that was really cool. That'll never happen. But no. I just thought that was an interesting take. That certainly is interesting. I also heard another one where they're like, the first team to score eight points in overtime wins. So if, if the first team uh, that wins the coin toss, goes down and scores a touchdown, they have to get the two-point conversion to win. Um, uh oh. But, but that's a disadvantage, though, for the – if the if they get the two point conversion, then it's a disadvantage for the other team. What are you talking about? You said you have to go for two. the The first team to score eight points in the overtime period wins. Oh, I see. So they could, you know, score a touchdown, go for two, miss it, but then still end up getting to eight first. Um, mm. Or you know, if they kick a field goal first, they're not necessarily out of it either. Gotcha, so, gotcha. I thought you meant the second team has to go for two. No, 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 no. Got it. But they could, you know, if the first team goes down, scores a touchdown, doesn't get the two-point conversion, or the first team goes down and kicks a field goal, the second team could then come down, score a touchdown, go for two, and actually end up getting that eight points. Yeah, I totally feel I, – I like that a lot. So, yeah, just something to think about. All right, Diz, moving on to the second topic, the Australian Open. We are currently down to, what, the final 16? Uh, eight in each side. So we, we have eight on the men's side and eight okay. on the women's side. So we are in the quarterfinals. Uh, just wanted to highlight a couple matches here. Um, would absolutely love a Gail Monfils and Nadal semifinal. Monfils has been one of my favorite players for a long time. He's, a, he's an older Frenchman who has kind of been flashy and is very entertaining to watch, but has never been able to advance very far in a Grand Slam tournament. And then obviously Nadal. Um, I just think that'd be a really fun matchup. Um, and then also was very shocked that uh, Stefano Tsitsipas was 
um, the underdog against uh, Jonic Sinner. So I have that one I'm looking into as well. Um, and then Medvedev on the bottom, I think he's going to cruise to the final. But I'd be really curious to see um, if if Nadal can get through uh, Shapovalov and Monfils if Monfils were to win. Now that was a very quick run through. And on the women's side, just want to highlight: I don't, I've not been following women's tennis as much, um, but there are three Americans in the final eight. So I thought that was really interesting. And believe it or not, all of them are underdogs. So I may get a little cute and do an American parlay, get some <laughs> insane value there. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, Patty, I was going to ask you if I make some tennis bets, are you going to ride with me this late or are you, are you going to respectfully stay away? I mean, I'll probably ride. I don't know anything about tennis, but, uh, also the last time I asked you for tennis advice, you really boned me because you told me Zverev to win the Australian open. And he didn't, I liked his value. He didn't even make it to the final eight. And then we're, we're at some family event and you're like, Oh, Zverev's terrible. And I'm like, well, then what are we talking about? Why did you no, tell me to take no, no, him? No, 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 I did not say Zverev was terrible. First of all, I liked him because of his value. Without Djokovic playing, any one of the top five can win the Grand Slam. So I liked Zverev's value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he got a bad draw. And it, when I was talking to our mother about this, I was like, I love Zverev, but it's tough. It's going to be tough for him to win a grand slam. And you were like, well, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what'd you tell me to do? And then of course he lost that night. So, um, that was a bad look on my part, but, um, I liked his value. I'll leave it at that. So, um, anything else Diz, on the Australian open? Yeah. Well, I'll get to it on my dumbest dummy picks. My favorite dumbest dummy picks comes from that quick breakdown. Okay. Um, But we can save it for that section of it. Okay. Well, then let's move right on to that section, the dumbest dummy competition picks. Um, Let's review ours from Friday, Diz. Uh, I went 4-12. and Um, It's a damn good thing I hit the first basket Friday because I got smacked around. How how did you... Go ahead. What? You're probably in the same boat because you hit the first basket Friday. What? Uh, you're probably around the same unit level. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I – well, I actually ended up losing like four units because the first basket Friday wasn't as a uh, high of odds as sometimes I usually give or get on those first baskets. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as beneficial as you would expect, but it was still a pretty good Friday in all all things considered. Um but how how did you do on Friday? So I only had two. I went 0-2. Um, Kraken did not hit for me. And uh, my first basket Friday did not hit for me as well. Um, but my NFL teaser hit. I know I didn't announce it on the pod. It wasn't a dumbest dummy, but feeling good about that. Feeling good about the AFC and NFC championships. Um, so, yeah, 0-2. I, w- I wonder where we're at in the competition. So in the dumbest dummy competition, I am down 1.9 units and you are down 7.18 units. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's always a chance in this. Like I said on Friday, all it takes is for me to have one really, really bad night, and you're back in it no matter how bad your month's been. So um, it is what it is. But uh, for tonight, Diz, I have only four competition bets. There's a, there's a uh, lighter load on the uh, – 
the NBA tonight, and so I've only got four player props, and they're all from the same game. Hit me. So the first one, uh, I'm going Jonas Valanciunas to score 25-plus points tonight at plus 200. Um, his over-under is set at 20.5, so I'm going a little bit higher than that. But he is going against the Pacers without Miles Turner and Sabonis. Um, and also, the Pelicans are without Brandon Ingram. So I think uh, JV becomes more of the offensive centerpiece, and so I think they'll feed him, and I don't think uh, Goga will be able to uh, defend him. Speaking of Goga, I'm going Goga Bitadze. Over 12.5 points uh, at minus 122. So uh, in the two games, which were the last two games, coincidentally enough, um, without Turner and Sabonis, um, he's hit this twice, and the Pelicans rank 18th in points allowed. So I'm going with Goga offensively, but then I don't think he'll be able to play defense. So we're, <laughs> we're looking for a lot of points from the big men tonight. And then I'm going Torrey Craig over 1.5 three-pointers made at plus 142. Um, he has hit this in the two games without Turner and Sabonis, and the Pelicans ranked 22nd in three-pointers allowed and 29th in three-point percentage allowed. And finally, I'm going Justin Holiday over two-and-a-half assists at plus 140. Again, hit this in the two games without Turner and Sabonis, and the Pelicans ranked 15th in assists allowed. So even though I like the Pelicans to win that game, I think there's a lot of value on the props for the Pacers without their uh, big-name players. Nice. What do you got for us, Diz, for your dumbest dummy picks? So my favorite one, I got great value on parlaying Monfils to win against Berrettini and Pass to win over center. Now, Pass, I am more confident about. He's plus 126. Um, these two have faced off three times so far. And Pass has won two of three. The most recent one being earlier or last year in 2021, um, he won in straight sets. Now, I will say the disclaimer is all three of these matches have been on clay. So take that with a grain of salt. But I love Pass to win. And then Monfils uh, over Berrettini. They have, they're one and one head to head. Um, what I looked into, it seems like the age is the factor here. Um, Berrettini is uh, much younger than Monfils, but Monfils is actually playing the best he ever has. So I, I think that is a little skewed. And I think Monfils money line, Tsitsipas money line, money line, those parlay those together and you get plus 460 value. So I'm loving that. That's my first dumbest dummy. So you're just, taking, my, you're just taking the parlay. You're not taking them individually. Right. Parlay them together. And then, how how big of a deal is like you know clay versus grass? Like I know some people play better on grass, some people play better on clay, but is it a big enough factor where like, I mean obviously Nadal's the king of clay, right? Correct. So if Nadal's playing anyone on clay, you're taking him. But is there a situation like this where they're playing on? I don't know. What are they playing on right now? Hardcore, normal tennis court. So if they're playing on hard court right now, is there a situation where you would take someone against Nadal just because they're playing on the hard court where you would take Nadal definitely if they were playing on clay? So statistically, the biggest difference is clay. So like people, like I, I, we've seen it with Nadal, like he owns the French Open. Like yep. players can be better on clay because it's more about mobility and like 
um, I would say clay is the biggest differentiator where it kind of separates. Um, some can be much better on clay, but as far as hard court goes, like that's what most players grow up on. That's the common tennis court that you and I play. Um, so hard court's kind of just the middle ground. It's like the, it's the control when it comes to surfaces. And I, I think, um, I think it's more about, um, I, I think it's, what am I trying to say here? It's, it's the, uh, it's the base. I would say you can tell more of a surface difference on clay and grass than hard court, hard court. Gotcha. You can't really use, um, hard courts more, um, hard to predict, I would say. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. You can continue with your other ones. No, you're good. I only have one more. I, I wasn't really liking the board tonight at all. Um, but I liked, uh, I saw one, um, over in the NHL that I liked and you better believe it was five and a half. So ducks at Bruins over five and a half, just love the number. I uh, got that at minus one fifteen. So really where I'm at in the competition, I need that tennis bet to hit, uh, <laughs> to gain some ground, but we got a couple more podcasts to go before the end. So, yeah. um, hoping to hit those both. So you said you liked uh, Ducks Bruins over five and a half. Yep. Okay. Um, that one's interesting. Um, so I believe that was. Let me look. Yeah. So I actually went Ducks plus one and a half there. Um, oh. Which maybe makes you think that the over may not be the play, but I'm okay with going with the over because. Um, Tuka Rask is in net for the Bruins, and he's he's their backup goalkeeper. And so mm-hmm. he's not as good as a starter, so you would expect maybe the Ducks, who usually don't score as much, to maybe put some some more pucks on net, some more get some more points. So uh, I, I think you can convince me to do that. But before we get into that, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. But uh, group best bets. So as a group, we were actually down 2.1 units. So, Diz, we need to pick it up here a little bit in this last week or so because uh, – you know, we're, we're, we're fighting for the positive units for the group. Um, but I think we can agree Ducks, Bruins, over five and a half is uh, one of those. Yep. Yep, of course. I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. Um, is there anything else, like in the NHL, or anything that uh, colors your fancy? I'm loving Madison Keys' money line. I don't know who that is, but sure. She's playing Barbora Krechikova, and uh, they've never played head-to-head. But Madison Keys is hot right now. Um, a lot of the Australian crowd is favoring her. She's kind of – every Grand Slam has kind of a surprise um, that the fans get behind. And um, I think Keys is, is, is a great pick, good value at plus 110. I think it's almost a coin flip, so taking her at plus money is good value to me. Okay. Sounds good to me. And then uh, how do you feel about uh, Pelicans minus three and a half versus the Pacers? Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Fade the Pacers all year. Especially with uh, Turner, Sabonis, and uh, Brogdon out for the Pacers. I know Ingram is out for the Pelicans, but I think the Pelicans have enough around him that they can uh, they can cover for that loss. I think so as well. I'm on board here. And it's at New Orleans. We know the Pacers maybe can pull a game off or two at home, but on the road they're just absolutely horrible. Um, yep. So as a group, is we've got Ducks, Bruins over five and a half, Madison Keys money line, and Pelicans minus three and a half. Lock it in. All right, Diz, it's time for the multi-sport hail mary parlay of the day. I have 
let's see, um, 11 legs for you. So we have seven of them in the NHL, and then we have uh, four NBA spreads. Do you have a guess on the value? One dollar to win fourteen hundred. Wow, that was remarkably close. Did you cheat? Did you look? I have not checked the episode notes. So that is one dollar to win one thousand four hundred and sixty-five dollars and thirteen cents. Oh, let's go! That might be the closest you've ever been. You were off a mere sixty-five bucks. Let's go. I love that. I love that. And I love that you thought I cheated. That makes me so happy. I know, right? If, if you didn't cheat... It shows how that, off I normally am. Yeah, yeah. If you don't cheat and someone claims you cheated, then you know you're in the uh, in the right spot. Yep, 100%. All right, so we're going to start in the NHL. I got Ducks plus one and a half versus the Bruins. Rangers money line versus the Kings. Flyers money line versus the Stars. Golden Knights money line versus the Capitals. Wild, minus one and a half versus the Canadians. Avalanche, minus one and a half versus the Blackhawks. And then Blues, money line versus the Flames. And then the NBA, I got Cavs, minus six and a half versus the Knicks. Pelicans, minus three and a half versus Pacers. Thunder, plus one and a half versus the Bulls. And Suns, minus nine and a half versus the Jazz. All right, Diz, anything you need to get off your chest before we uh, we call it a day? I don't think so. Um, excited for the AFC and the NFC championships this weekend. Um, we each went – we each got two correct, right? Yes. I got the – I got the Bills – or I'm sorry. I got the Chiefs because I couldn't pick the Bills – and I got the Rams, correct? Uh, and you got no. The... Wait, hold on. Are you talking? Are you talking football Friday picks? Or are you talking actual? I'm talking. I'm talking about our ten dollar competition. So you said you got the Chiefs. I got Chiefs and Rams. Okay, I had. Let's see. I had 49ers. No, I didn't. Nope. Um, I didn't have Bengals. I had Bills. So I think I may only got one. No, I don't think I got any correct. You're done. You're done. Yeah, so GG's. Good on you. GG's. About time I won something on this pod. Yeah. But uh, since you owe me a couple dinners, I think we'll call it even. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I probably still owe you. So yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. But... Yeah, it, it's kind of uh, – we just got to rely on the NBA and the NHL to get us to this weekend for football. For sure. Isn't it weird to you that uh, they decided to play both of the championship games on Sunday? No, I do not think so. Why would you not do the championship game primetime Saturday night and then championship game Sunday primetime? Is there something in another sport going on this Saturday night? Well, I know we're not in the NBA playoffs, we're not in the NHL playoffs, unless there's like an all-star game or something happening. But even then, no one watches the all-star games. So why would you not uh, put the NFL in primetime on both Saturday and Sunday as opposed to putting them both on Sunday? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure there's a reason. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a lot better at this than we are. We're just stooges with a mic and we uh, rant about things. But that was just my take when I found out when those games were being played last night. That is interesting. I love the double Sunday. Sunday for me is 
fight the scaries, sit at home, do nothing, and watch football all day. So I'm for it, but yeah, that is a good question. People are asking. People are wondering. Well, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Remember to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SportsBetByDumb. Um, and then also check us out on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, go to the search bar, type in Sports Betting by Dummies, filter by channel. We should be that first one on there. Look for the black and yellow logo. You cannot miss it. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you have a nice, profitable start to your week. We will see you all on Thursday.